Uh, continuing on here to conclude this segment on PSYOPs. So why am I covering PSYOPs at all? Um, psychological operations is <clears throat> one of the forms of unconventional warfare. So that's the segment topic in general was unconventional warfare. So we have uh, special forces, special ops, special forces command, special ops command, and then we covered civil affairs. This is a liaison unit uh, between the military and the civilian sector. And then uh, psychological operations <clears throat> is one of the forms of unconventional warfare. And uh, just to kind of put this into perspective, um, there is a psychology of war. And uh, most commanders uh, and generals um, you know, they're aware of this as part of their um, command strategies and their their pursuit of a, um, a, a strategic uh, planning and decision making for their their particular, uh, era of um, military engagement. Uh, there's also a psychology of survival. So at the opposite end, as a as a soldier in the trenches, there is a psychology of uh, of a, of survival in a conventional war zone, and also. There is a psychology of survival in unconventional war zone. And then finally, there is um, the recognition of psychology, uh, psychological um, slant to various operations. So, for example, uh, in uh, in Korea, um, the uh, taking of Iwo Jima. So this was a this was a small hill that was considered to be um, of both strategic and tactical importance. The hill itself really didn't have a lot of specific. Um, military value, but it reestablished the tactical entrenchment of the troops in that area in such a way that it, um, it regained not just land in a landscape, but the um, the repositioning into a stronger front line 
that lent itself to uh, a encouragement of morale and a psychological reinforcement of um, a strong position and a better uh, tactical standing on the ground to proceed to more obvious um, military goals of engagement or objectives of engagement. So the taking of Iwo Jima is, a, is an example of the psychology of warfare and also of the psychology of survival. And also, it's a it's a psyops um, effort to a certain extent. In that, by taking a um, hilltop of of tactical importance to the enemy away from them, this reduces their uh, tactical morale and it and it uh, it pumps up the tactical morale of US forces so this is why psyops is such an important area of um, unconventional warfare uh, most commanders are uncomfortable to use it because it's uh, it's difficult for a lot of commanders, most of whom are based in the infantry, to um, to consider uh, engaging an enemy in less than um, in less than uh, straightforward circumstances. So, you know, sort of like, you know, you don't want to shoot your enemy in the back unless you, you know, unless the circumstances are such that you just absolutely have to. You know, you want to face an, an enemy face on. This is the honorable way to fight a war or to uh, enter an engagement between two uh honorable combat combatants. So the idea of using, um, you know, subversive means to, uh, undermine what would be, cons what uh, most commanders, uh, want to see in a, in a, in a war zone, which is straightforward and honorable, warfare or engagement of the enemy. Um, it, this makes it difficult for commanders to, to want to use uh, psychological warfare. It, uh, it automatically sort of um, suggests that 
that the warfare is, that's being undertaken with psychological warfare is um, less than honorable. And most commanders don't feel comfortable using that very often or at all. Uh, they're reluctant to use it, and if they do use it, they uh, they have a lot of trouble, um, you know, using it effectively in its full capability. They tend to kind of hamstring it. So um, it's one of the areas that uh, is uh, not often used in unconventional warfare. Uh, in addition to that, it should be added that um, psycholo psychological operation PSYOPs is dangerous. It is a dangerous um, form of warfare because it it uh, it can cause as much problem as it can uh, relieve, and it is um, it's difficult to gauge what exactly the uh, the effects would be and how exactly those effects will aid or um, support uh, ongoing uh, conventional warfare operations. Um, so they're not to be taken lightly. Uh, and I'm this is why I'm covering this is because it, uh, it's part of um, the battlefield scene. Uh, if you are in a survival circumstance, and this was all covered earlier, uh, psychological operations is in effect. Uh, and if you don't think that psychological operations, um, you know, affects you every day, uh, it does. In fact, there are publications and television stations and so on that that are engaged in psychological operations you know on just on a daily basis in a civilian atmosphere so I wanted to give two examples of these there's a uh, boxing news and views this is a this is a Chinese publication that uh, that wages a form of um, of uh, counter propaganda or or uh, negative propaganda in uh, in the U.S. media, and then we also have uh, RT News. This is a this is a, a Russian television news station. Uh, when you're watching it, it's in English. It seems to be an American station. Um, there's not really uh, an indication that it's Russian. Um, and after you watch it for a while, you can see that there is a definite. Um, uh, it has a uh, a secondary and tertiary agenda besides in addition to the delivery of the news so it's a it's a 24-hour news station that um, that oftentimes when uh, CNN has talking heads segments you know it has a uh, um, uh, pundits news sections that most people aren't interested in watching uh, there's only one other news station that's got a a standard news delivery channel on, and that would be RT News, and then you're watching what amounts to um, a specific form of uh, of of propaganda in um, in the Western news. So that's two examples of uh, 
of propaganda and uh, what would be considered uh, a certain amount of psychological operations um, that have affected uh, the news here in this country. And, uh, and that, of course, the news in this country, that informs the elections and it informs uh, public debate about um, political stances and, and political um, representations of uh, ongoing legislation and uh, law and government here in this country. So, you know, psychological operations is nothing to sneeze at. It seems like it's a, uh, it's often taken as uh, the little brother of um, special forces and it's, uh, it's not a light area of, uh, of unconventional warfare. It really does. Uh, it really can, um, shift an entire segment of, uh, of, um, a, a community or a, a local group of people or an entire national perspective. Uh, for or against, um, particular, uh, military objectives that are being undertaken. So anytime there's uh, psychological operations on one side, of course, there's psychological operations on the other side. I pointed that out. So that's always going on in a military environment. There is some psychological operations on both sides. Uh, and of course, then there's the psychology of war adding to that. So when, uh, when, you, when a person finds himself uh, in a survival situation in a war zone, uh, that is... Um, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, uh, um, waiting for the noise to pass here. It's kind of guaranteed that psychological operations is, uh, is somewhat involved and you, one has to be aware of that. One has to be aware of that um, in order to effectively undertake, uh, you know, any any operation that you're in, uh, and or any survival circumstance that that one is in. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, add in here that uh, being aware of psychological operations gives you some uh, capability of planning. In a, in a war zone, uh, and it's a good idea to be aware of it. So PSYOPs intel, this is uh, gathered from um, civil affairs and counterintelligence and uh, some of the intel, uh, intelligence uh, unit collection uh, from SIT maps and from, um, from SIT reports, SIT reps. These are situational rep uh, reports on uh, ongoing developments in an active area. Um, they do their own intel as well, and it involves research. Uh, that's uh, social media research nowadays, and also uh, what would be considered country research. So what, uh, what sort of... Um, uh, religious and uh, social and political um, 
concerns uh, inform a society, the the particular national society that they are uh, attempting to work in, and how to uh, develop uh, psychological operations around that information. Uh, the PSYOPs intel requirements are um, a careful evaluation of uh, local values and uh, local language, local religious values, local uh, family and uh, interrelational values uh, amongst uh, social groups, uh, um, the uh, how the society that the psyops is, is working in is um, layered. So, how are there tribal concerns? Uh, for Cambodia is a good example of this. Uh, Cambodia is um, it was originally a kingdom. Uh, it's uh, then it went under the Khmer Rouge. Uh, which was a socialist communist, uh, Marxist-Leninist. And uh, it is mainly a country of, um, uh, of, of small uh, tribal people. So it's uh, a lot of small tribes that were, um, you know, combined under one kingdom, and then that went to uh, socialist-communist, and th so a centralized unified government. So this uh, this is something that uh, PSYOPs would do research into what uh, tribes would be involved in the area that they were uh, doing operations in and uh, what the different values in those tribes would be and uh, what their clan affiliations are and a long-standing um, you know uh, long-standing tribal animosities and so on. Uh, this is also a good example of that is in uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan along the border. Uh, this is all tribal area also, so similar similar sort of uh, concerns. Uh, those, uh, those requirements are you know to uh, examine the language the language and the um, uh, the values and uh, religious and social concerns, the family concerns, the political concerns and focus, um, things like are they agrarian, um, are they a hunter-gatherer group, and so on. Uh, research and analysis and uh, techniques are, uh, you know, mainly uh, in-country research, so that would be interviewing. Uh, a lot of that's done by civil affairs. Uh, uh, in conjunction with um, PSYOPs requirements. Uh, PSYOPs does their own. Uh, I gave an example of this from MASH. This is a, obviously this is fiction, but, you know, the, uh, the uh, counterintelligence uh, agent that they have in there, the main character, is uh, he often does PSYOPs research. He drops in and does interviews and, and uh, of various prisoners that have been picked up and are being treated at the MASH unit. So this is an example of um, the type of research collection in the country that would be done. 
and then uh, there's a combination of uh, evaluating uh, sit maps, sit reports, and uh, um, sometimes even um, accompanying or uh, shadow advising, uh, shadow advising a uh, a unit. This is where they draw these. A a small team or individual comes into a unit and uh, sits in the unit and observes the area and uh, um, gets direct in area um, experience of uh, what to expect regarding the um, the enemy in that area. Uh, so research and intel acquisition. Uh, this is uh, in country. Obviously, it's a direct acquisition by means of speaking with or researching uh, the specific um, areas of concern. Uh, and out of country, it mostly relies on computer and uh, social media research. And most of that's done in language. Uh, then there's uh, psyops and uh, planning. This is uh, the planning stage. Once all the um, the intel requirements have been collected, and uh, there's some uh, basis for developing some sort of a plan of action, uh, the planning starts, and that's uh, based on the intel that was collected and the. Um, the operational goals. Uh, these have to be. This has to be real carefully uh, planned and put together, so as to achieve the objective of the psyops operation. Because with psyops, uh, if you're not real careful, the command isn't real careful about um, putting together a very specific operation. Uh, with very specific parameters and limitations to the extent of it, uh, it can get out of hand and um, have negative repercussions on on uh, defense operations. Uh, development of a psyops campaign. Um, this is uh, coming up with some way to effectively um, uh, if affect the. Uh, local population in such a way as to uh, support the object, the um, strategic and tactical objectives, or to undermine uh, enemy strategic tactics and objectives. So psyops can either work up or it can work down. If it works up, it's it's uh, it's supporting uh, ongoing. Um, special forces or special ops operations to uh, to strengthen and develop um, a local resistance or a regional resistance uh, that's that's turning into sort of an insurgency uh, and to uh, help bolster the um, the uh, framework of that insurgency inside um, the repressive government framework. 
so that the insurgency can um, can uh, expand its base and uh, gain the popular support of the population, thus, you know, um, raising the uh, the popularity of the movement and increasing the possibility of success. Uh, the other direction that psyops can go is down, and this is uh, this is undermining or uh, subversive operations uh, to um, reduce the framework of the repressive government and to um, uh, reduce the strategic and tactical um, objectives and accomplishments of the enemy forces to date, uh, or perhaps uh, looking ahead towards some of their future uh, possible tactics and strategic objectives to undermine and uh, and um, deconstruct their capability to achieve those objectives, either psychologically uh, by um, reducing morale or um, uh, um, militarily by reducing their uh, interconnected support system. So uh, sometimes the support system is civilian, and uh, they're relying on civilian support in food, uh, weapons, um, uh, recruits, and so on. Or it's, uh, it's militarily supported by supply lines, uh, the dependence on um, uh, water sources or food stops on caches, that kind of thing. So a uh, PSYOP op PSYOPs operation can cover uh, reducing the advance of the enemy or undermining the advance to date across the front line or subverting the, uh, the structure of the enemy from the front line back, uh, or they can support the uh, insertion of a, uh, a counterinsurgency and, uh, and um, uh, raise the support, the psychological um, support and uh, promotion of the counterinsurgency in the local population. So it's, uh, it's an important part of unconventional warfare. And uh, it's also an important part of uh, warfare and something to be aware of, even when there's not a, um, even when there's not a specific unit in uh, an enemy um, military that uh, handles this. It's usually uh, still in effect um, at a at a local unit level. So even if you have a deconstructed military or asymmetrical warfare, there's still 
uh, a form of psyops going on. A good example of this would be uh, in uh, um, the Black Hawk Down. Uh, this is uh, this took place um, in uh, Northeast Africa, and uh, this was uh, uh, the Bush administration uh, was supporting um, United Nations um, food drops into uh, Ethiopia, and um, in that area, which has uh, got a lot of conflict, uh, Ethiopia, Eritrea. Uh, that area in there is all the South Sudan. All that area has um, a lot of conflict in it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, resistance to um, outside, uh, you know, effect. The area is run by warlords. So when these food drops started, uh, the local warlords uh, didn't. They didn't want that outside. Uh, assistance because it was uh, counter to the local religious and political uh, structure, and they um, they seized the food delivery and took it away from the United Nations as a handout in order to hand it out themselves or to acquire it for themselves and resell it outside of the country to raise funds. So. Uh, the Bush administration sent in um, a military force to accompany the um, these food drops in and to defend the food drops uh, while the United Nations uh, underwent or you know uh, delivered um, humanitarian assistance. So it was considered a humanitarian operation uh, and was not considered a military operation. So, uh, as they went in, uh, this is how the Black Hawk incident occurred. Um, the uh, a Black Hawk was shot down, and uh, this left uh, U.S. soldiers uh, behind what would be considered military lines in a, in a decentralized, asymmetric uh, war zone that was not recognized to be a war zone. It was recognized to be a humanitarian assistance area. Um, it was an active civil war with uh, local warlords uh, in conflict with each other. So um, the uh, the crew were uh, the, uh, a rescue operation was sent in, and uh, that rescue operation was split, and uh, various segments of the rescue operation were isolated, and were the pilot and co-pilot of the uh, of the Black Hawk were um, were captured and killed and various elements of this rescue team were also uh, killed and their bodies were drugged through the streets uh, and then and then hung from various buildings in the area this is a psychological operation so this is uh, this is meant to demoralize uh, the American support of the United Nations operations. Uh, the seizing of the food um, drops, the, the humanitarian assistance, taking it away from the United Nations in order to, uh, to deliver it themselves. Um, the warlords wanted to 
take the power of handing out food to a starving population away from the United Nations, which is, uh, you know, a non, um, a uh, in their opinion, uh, not of the same religious uh, affiliation, and um, attempting to invade the country and take the uh, the power of the political structure in the country away from the local warlords. So by seizing that food and handing it out themselves or selling it outside of the country to raise funds, they are, they are reacquiring the power that was being uh, taken away from them by the United Nations and, uh, you know, reestablishing themselves as local, um, uh, power centers, political power centers in the country. So this is a this is a form of psychological warfare, and it's a, it's a form of psyops. It's not it didn't have a specific unit. It wasn't called psyops, but this is a, a psycho psychological operation. Both of those uh, those efforts are a psychological operation uh, undertaken by a, a decentralized and uh, asymmetric um, uh, military force to uh, demoralize and um, terrorize or, or uh, you know, um, uh, discourage, strongly discourage uh, incoming forces um, from continuing to enter the country um, to deliver humanitarian assistance that was not requested and uh, that the local populace largely um, had trouble supporting. So that's an example of, um, of, a, of a campaign, a psychological operations campaign uh, that's not affiliated with a PSYOPs unit specifically, but that is underway in a war zone that uh, every soldier has to be aware of. And, and civilians also have to be aware of it because this is the kind of thing that, uh, you know, you have to recognize to uh, plan and um, proceed with any sort of... Uh, any sort of um, operations you might be undertaking or even just daily uh, life decisions that you might be making in the area. So the, uh, the development of a PSYOPs campaign, uh, sometimes it's very carefully done by commanders in a tent and it takes uh, several weeks to put together and it requires a lot of paperwork and discussion. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, right off the cuff and it uh, requires... Um, you know, making a decision about whether to keep someone alive or to kill them and make an example of it. Um, of course, we here in the United States, we don't do that. Uh, we tend to use uh, less direct forms, but uh, it's a good idea to stay aware of the direct form, which is uh, not always recognizing... Um, uh, the same uh, rules of engagement that uh, Western nations recognize and the United Nations recognizes. So if you're aware of that, then it uh, makes it a little bit easier to make your way through a war zone.
either as a civilian or as a as a uh, as a soldier. And it's a good idea to keep in mind that uh, there are a lot of countries that, uh, while they appear to be settled, are still internally uh, very much uh, um, a an active or semi-active war zone. Uh, so, uh, psyops encountering insurgency um, in uh, in a, the example that I gave of Black Hawk Down. This was uh, in an area in which insurgency uh, in the area was uh, destabilizing uh, the area across a number of different countries, and ha- was uh, adding to a local drought and famine. Uh, to uh, result in a humanitarian crisis that was uh, had had produced a large number of refugees uh, sheltering in nearby countries um, that was raising concern with the United Nations about uh, humanitarian assistance and operations and the reduction of uh, the the um, exile of uh, refugees from their their home country um, so uh, an ongoing insurgency uh, psyops comes into play this is uh, this hasn't really gone to a full-scale open war uh, or conventional warfare it's still in a unconventional warfare mode and uh, this is where psyops usually comes into play encountering that um, and uh, and then there's the characteristics of psyops in an insurgency environment, and this is where an insurgency is being developed to uh, counter a restrictive or um, uh, repressive government. Uh, the people have indicated that they want to establish a democracy, and uh, and they are working to develop an insurgency and uh, psyops comes into play in, into, in, uh, in developing that insurgency uh, to counter uh, an established repressive government. Uh, so again, I want to re- reiterate that uh, PSYOPs um, deals in the area of uh, national ideology Uh, National ideology results in a national doctrine, and the national doctrine results in propaganda. And propaganda uh, is non-news that appears to be news that is intended to sway the populace. Um, Their purpose, the purpose of psyops, is to disrupt and fragment uh, an offensive force uh, to produce division and turn the um, turn the common soldier uh, against uh, the doctrine of their uh, their fighting position and to uh, either uh, abandon their position or to um, to join an insurgency position uh, also to undermine the um, the established uh, repressive government and its uh, its very uh, um, entrenched structure. Uh, additionally, um, 
PSYOPs is used to uh, develop uh, local morale and to encourage uh, local support, uh, to develop local support of, a, of, a, of an insurgency or of a, a pro-democracy, pro-people movement. And when I say a pro-people movement, this is one of the things that was, uh, this is one of the psychological uh, warfare items that was used uh, during the, um, the Cold War. Uh, of course, the, uh, um, the people's movement would have been uh, the socialist communist movement. Uh, this was in, uh, like in Central and South America, specifically in Central America. Uh, it was very difficult for um, uh, special operations and special forces to work in Central America uh, because there was this uh, this um, taking of the idea of democracy and a government for and by the people away from uh, the United States uh, doctrine of... Uh, of democratic ideals and um, and misrepresenting it as a government for the for the people by the people so a people's government so the government of the people uh, so the people's movement and then that would be the socialist movement so see they pulled it away from the United States doctrine and they turned it and they refocused it and uh, this uh, this was very effective in Central America and it made it very difficult um, during the Cold War to, um, you know, to stabilize that area, uh, for the United States to stabilize that area, which is considered to be uh, obviously the southern border of the United States. Uh, so that gives an idea of how complicated it is. Uh, it's, uh, PSYOPs is usually in support of a national uh, internal defense and a, a nation-building program. So that's a, that's a positive. That's a, that's psyops working up, not down. And uh, then also, it's used as a subversive propaganda to um, produce subversive propaganda objectives and uh, subversive propaganda organization development. And that would be psyops working down. And I kind of give some examples of that. Um, so consolidation ops, that's the, uh, that's the use of civil affairs and uh, other units and other areas like uh, counterintelligence to, um, to support uh, the uh, development of nation building. So consolidation is uh, as the... Um, as the... Uh, Counterinsurgency is kind of picking up speed. This is a counterinsurgency against a repressive government. Is kind of picking up speed, and it's uh, it's becoming more popular uh, with the public, and it's got uh, it's uh, expanding its base, and it's becoming more established uh, in the nation uh, in question. Um, the consolidation ops helps to. Uh, Further connect um, that insurgency 
with the populace. So safe houses and cash sites and uh, civilian support and funneling of funds and food and supply lines and uh, the maintenance uh, and and production of uh, uh, identification um, that uh, you know runs counter to the government's identification. Uh, for example, you know the um, a unit need a a, um, a counterinsurgency uh, team needs uh, identification to get onto a specific site, and the um, uh, psyops and civil affairs are able to uh, to get a local uh, production of that illegal. Uh, identification paperwork and um, uh, identification cards to get on to a site that uh, that the counterinsurgency team would not normally be able to get on without um, you know without cutting the wire and going in through the wire so this is uh, you know like a walk-on this happened in World War two um, a good example of it that's uh, comedic is uh, Stolag 13. This uh, they have this in there quite a bit, uh, you know, making use of the Germans and um, doing things above board instead of below board uh, about half the time, and then uh, the rest of the time doing it below board. So this is uh, something that psyops works on. Uh, that's the uh, the objective of consolidation ops is to um, is to connect the counterinsurgency into the local populace to make it part of the population so that the population is supporting it and also um, bolstering it and, and, and is part of it uh, so that it's, it's successful. So it's not, just, uh, it's not just a small group of people that uh, the population has um, is, is separated from. Uh, propaganda in consolidation ops is uh, it's usually up, and uh, planning for consolidation ops is usually done by means of uh, civil affairs. Um, counterintelligence is closely involved uh, with psyops and civil affairs. Uh, they work hand in glove. Um, sometimes, sometimes that's positive, and sometimes it's not. Um, and uh, that's a whole different topic. Um, special propaganda ops. Uh, this is a specific propaganda that's not normally covered in. Uh, that's not covered in just uh, in general um, psyops propaganda operations, and uh, those come up specifically and they're handled specifically. Uh, covert ops. This is uh, usually it's done in conjunction with special forces or special ops. Uh, it comes out of special ops command and it goes into a special ops team. Um, an example of this would be um, uh, in uh, during Afghanistan, uh, there were special ops teams went in um, on some uh, night ops and they'd had one or more. PSYOPs people with them, um, and uh, they would uh, they would 
they would do a small psyops uh, prelim before the night operation began. Or uh, another example would be um, the rescuing of the Maersk. Uh, this had a um, this would be considered a special psyops. Um, uh, special propaganda ops and uh, then covert ops um, with psyops involved on that also. Uh, sometimes they're actually located at the site and sometimes they just inform the operation. Uh, psycholo psychological operation and unconventional warfare, I've gone over that pretty extensively. So, uh, so psyops units are... Um, what do they use? Uh, this a PSYOPs unit is usually in a team. Sometimes it's in a small group of two or three that are attached to a team, a special ops team or a special forces team or a civil affairs team or a counterintelligence team. So when I say one of those, that, that's, that's the group that heads the team. So it's a special forces team, they head the team. Uh, a civil affairs team, they head the team. A counterintelligence team. They had the team. So a counterintelligence team, they might be going in. Uh, they're going to go in with money and uh, pay off um, local uh, warlords and uh, um, leadership um, to establish uh, a school system. And this is done in conjunction with PSYOPs. Um, so the, they, the PSYOPs units use uh, media, that's mass media, uh, like radio and social media. They use graphics. Uh, these are posters, uh, photographs, um, social media uh, sites like uh, Instagram-type presentation, uh, dissemination of, um, uh, of pro-propaganda anti-propaganda or dissemination of information. Now, I give an example of this. Sometimes uh, sometimes PSYOPs uh, handles the dissemination of valid information. So uh, the enemy force is uh, has a PSYOPs program of, of um, countering uh, a humanitarian operation, for example, with negative propaganda. And PSYOPs produces... Uh, legitimate, valid, truthful uh, information and disseminates that as a counter um, a counter propaganda effort. Uh, so they use loudspeakers, uh, loudspeakers attached to tanks, trucks, cars, um, also handheld loudspeakers uh, with a team. This, I gave an example of this just a few minutes ago. Uh, they use printed matter, so pamphlets, leaflets, um, uh, small uh, um, publications, uh, pictures, um, uh, graffiti, that sort of any kind of printed matter. Uh, then there's radio broadcasting. This is done out of a radio um, out of a radio studio. Uh, I gave some examples of this in uh, Afghanistan. There's some examples from Iraq. Uh, then audiovisual, audiovisual media. Um, this is a television 
uh, internet movies, uh, uh, small films dispersed by internet or social media sites. Uh, then there's face-to-face communication. This is usually done uh, in conjunction with civil affairs teams, sometimes with civil affairs and counterintelligence teams, um, and sometimes with special forces teams. Uh, also, um, there's uh, gossip and rumor. These are the negative side. This is a down, uh, down propaganda. Uh, the production of gossip and rumor. Uh, the use of pornography, uh, the use of witticism and jokes, and uh, the development of, uh, you know, a good example of this um, was uh, the Dutch uh, uh, representation of uh, um, anti-Islam representation. I'm not going to go into further detail about it. Everybody knows about it. that was used here a few years ago. This is a witticism or a joke that is used as counter propaganda. Uh, slogans. Um, the you know this is a chanting slogan. Um, uh, counterfeit products and organizations uh, that produce uh, what are considered to be like a shell organization or a shell company. Uh, poison pen letters and uh, representing. Um, uh, voices of uh, authority of the time and location. And uh, and then a lot of this results in things like blackballing and blacklisting. Um, and that uh, is, uh, that's counter-propaganda, and it's, uh, it's the down-propaganda, not the up-propaganda usually. Uh, it's used to undermine and uh, subvert. So then there's looting and vandalism. And uh, then raping, pillaging, and raising. This is uh, this is counter propaganda usually used by uh, non-U.S. Uh, forces. Uh, something to be aware of. This uh, undermines established authority in uh, in the United States. Uh, an example of this is in Vietnam. Um, some of the uh, some of the actions that were taken in Vietnam by the Vietnamese, uh, the punji sticks uh, at the bottom of um, of uh, uh, man traps. Uh, this was a this was a, a psychological effort to undermine U.S. morale, and it uh, it definitely worked. It uh, it some of these uh, psychological operations were. Um, but uh, used by the Vietnamese uh, were um, were said to be somewhat responsible for things like Malay. Uh, so that's something to be aware of. Uh, leaflet campaigns is another uh, tactic used by uh, psyops. Leaflet campaigns. I mentioned this before. These are usually dropped from helicopters or. Um, uh, the I'm down to about five minutes here, or from aircraft. Uh, it's in conjunction with the uh, special aviation's wings. Uh, propaganda analysis. Uh, this uh, after all of this has been done. Uh, what uh, what is the result of the propaganda? What result will the propaganda produce? And having disseminated that propaganda, what is the result? How what is the returning result of that? Uh, part of PSYOP's job is to determine uh, whether or not it's been effective 
and uh, what kind of tweaks need to be made to make it more effective or less effective. Uh, then there's a source analysis. That's, uh, you know, how reliable are the sources for the, uh, the analysis of the propaganda and the analysis of, um, of PSYOPs intel collection. Uh, contact analysis, uh, same thing. And context analysis, again, same idea. Uh, how effective is it in context and is it working? Uh, what else needs to be done to make it more effective and to uh, re at, you know to to repeat the campaign uh, further on more po in a more positive way in a more effective way. Uh, then audience analysis: How has the local population uh, responded? What is their what is, has it affected them one way or the other? This is usually done in conjunction with civil affairs. Uh, then a media analysis: Has it affected the media? This is usually done uh, in conjunction with. Um, uh, civil affairs and uh, um, their uh, um, media connections, uh, their um, uh, public relations people, uh, and then the effects analysis, what kind of effects did it have and uh, how effective was it. And then uh, PSYOPs area ops studies, this is done uh, to collect intelligence to develop further campaign. Uh, the campaign should be ongoing, and they should also uh, they should reference previous campaigns to maintain uh, continuity of um, of uh, uh, strategic goals and objectives across the long term, and tactical goals and objectives across the short term. And then. Uh, Selection of SAP's objective. Um, there's a worksheet that you can do that's done to to uh, to develop that. Uh, theme taboos. Um, this is stuff that should not be done. Um, so SAP's has a campaign has a campaign to drop leaflets. Uh, they do not want to drop leaflets in an area in which uh, the people. Um, have a uh, they don't want to see um, certain type of images. Sometimes this, sometimes that means they would drop those type of images, and sometimes it means that they would not drop those type of images. So, depending on what kind of result they are looking for, uh, they they might drop the images that uh, the negative images uh, and and attribute them to uh, a different group of people, or they would drop a positive set of images um, and, and maintain the, uh, you know, recognize the local taboo. For example, you know, you wouldn't want to drop uh, a lascivious picture of, uh, of unclad women in an area where pictures of unclad women are considered to be taboo. So PSYOPs estimate of a situation, uh, they draw their conclusions from their collection, their intel collection. And uh, the, um, I'm just about out of time here. I got about 45 seconds. So there's a lot of concern, there's a lot of uh, examination of uh, leaflet printing and dissemination, uh, technical development and field expedient developments. Uh, to handle field expedient um, 
circumstances and uh, graphic music and sound effects. I gave some examples of those. And then the use of defectors and POWs is an important concern and consideration. And I got about 15 seconds here, so that wraps up this segment. And that's it for today.